0: Rise up, Democrats. Rise up, Americans. This cannot stand. Rise up and take a seat.
1: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs.
2: in the middle with you you yep. yes, stuck in the
1: middle from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA People Powered Radio in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster In Ohio, on WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus. In Hawaii, on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. And on Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And streaming coast to coast and around the entire globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not... Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, Radio Monterey, and Five Days a Week, Blanketing, Planet Earth on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Particularly grateful to uh, to those of our uh, streaming outlets today, as we're reminded once again how important streaming has become As C-SPAN has turned to video streaming right now, I will explain in a moment. But we have reshuffled today's show about five times so far today and maybe several more times before the hour is up. Uh, We hope to be speaking shortly to Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida. He's one of the growing number of participants now, Democratic participants in the U.S. House in an ongoing sit-in. In the U.S. House of Representatives that began this morning, led by civil rights icon, Congressman John Lewis of Georgia, at least initially. Uh, We've been watching dozens of speakers coming up one after another ever since with the House in recess during this protest, during what has become a uh, sit-in, an occupation, if you will, as as they described it, as John Lewis described it. Uh, We hope to have the latest for you from the House floor, from Congressman Deutsch directly. Uh, But frankly, this is all rather unprecedented. In the U.S. House, and we're trying to make sense of it as we go here, uh, not made any easier by the fact that the C-SPAN cameras were initially shut off reportedly at the order of House Republicans. So, as I say, there's a lot going on today, and we keep reshuffling the show. Among the stories we had hoped to cover today, Donald Trump gave what I guess we can call a... uh, what do we call it, Desi Doyen? A major teleprompter speech? Is that uh, <laughs> Yes, a
3: major teleprompted, scripted speech about all the things that he doesn't like about Hillary.
1: Yeah, attacking Hillary Clinton. Uh, she gave her own sp- major speech today on the economy, and Marco Rubio... Senator from Florida who vowed to not run for re-election in the US Senate for the uh, for the state of Florida during his failed presidential campaign uh, back when he had said over and over again how much he hated working in the Senate uh, that he has the worst voting record of any U.S senator he has today announced that he will run for re-election after all go figure to the US Senate uh, also we've got some uh, some new numbers in from California where the counting of vote-by-mail ballots and provisional ballots from the June 7th Democratic primary continues. And as observers uh, attempt to watch that counting and try to ensure that every properly cast provisional ballot for president is actually counted uh, in that tally, at least included in that tally, we'll see how much of that we can get to today. So we're cover- following a lot of stuff, but first we we spoke... Uh, uh, about the, the the four different gun safety measures that Republicans allowed to come up for a vote in the U.S. Senate on Tuesday in the wake of uh, Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy's 15-hour filibuster last week, demanding that Republicans allow any votes at all on these measures. Republicans who have been enthralled to the National Rifle Association for God knows how many years at this point, um, and finally, Chris Murphy was successful in that filibuster. In that he uh, got the vote. In that they allowed the the vote to uh, uh, to to move forward. I think it was on Tuesday. Two Republican and two Democratic measures. All four failed. But a- as we noted on yesterday's broadcast, a-, a compromise version of the legislation was being put forward, being put together by moderate Republican Susan Collins of Maine. Uh, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has agreed to allow that effort to come forward for a vote on the Senate at some point uh, as early as this week. Some vulnerable GOP senators are said to be getting on board with centrist Democrats behind this particular bill. Uh, we don't know if it's going to have actual enough actual support from either Republicans or Democrats to get passed at this point. Uh, But it does seem as if this means Republicans are feeling some pressure here. The uh, legislation that Collins is trying to put together, this compromise legislation, as it's being referred to, would bar people on the no-fly list uh, and the select T-list from purchasing guns. That's sort of a subset of the terror watch list. Um, But they would be able to appeal the decision. If they were blocked from buying guns, they'd be able to appeal the decision under this proposal and uh, have their attorney's fees covered. If it becomes clear that they were wrongly blocked from buying a gun, that legislation would also uh, let law enforcement know when someone who has been on the broader terrorism watch list within the last five years, when somebody like that uh, buys a gun. The FBI uh, or the Department of Homeland Security would be informed about that. It's a narrower provision than the one that was introduced back in 2015 after the massacre out here in San Bernardino that was introduced by uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein at the time. That barred a larger group of individuals on the terror watch list from purchasing guns at all in the first place. And that was akin to the, uh, um, to the measure that was one of the measures that was struck down this week in the U.S. Senate. Uh, so far, uh, Republican Congressman uh, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Jeff Flake of Arizona, Kelly Ayotte of New Hampshire, who is facing a tough reelection battle this fall, they all have said they support this compromise legislation. And uh, Republicans uh, are are said to be seeking the support of Republican uh, Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, Rob Portman from Ohio, and Marco Rubio of the state of Florida. Some Democrats are also uh, said to be coming on board, like uh, Senator Heidi Heitkamp. And, uh, well, basically what uh, Senator Graham has said is that, uh, you know, when it comes to the idea of abridging the rights to buy assault weapons— Not sure that's in the Constitution, as it's uh, believed by the NRA and the Republicans. But he's saying that, uh, look, we're building in due process to this measure. If someone is wrongly on the list, they can get off. It might be an inconvenience in the the short term, uh, but uh, that it's uh, less inconvenient than seeing uh, something like what we saw in Orlando. So, it is absolutely the lowest hanging of low hanging fruit when it comes to uh, gun legislation. But maybe, maybe there is some momentum in the U.S. Senate. Maybe something is moving forward in that regard. Um, something might be different. Maybe this, you know, after or after the Orlando massacre. Uh, and so we'll see in the U.S. Senate. That's where the U.S. Senate is right now. But meanwhile, as I've been reporting, that even if something happened in the U.S. Senate, there has been no sign uh, whatsoever that any that any legislation, even if it was passed in the U.S. Senate, would be passed by the U.S. House, where they have not been allowing any votes on gun-related measures at all. And there is no filibuster option for House Democrats uh, the way there is in the U.S. Senate. Also, Republicans control a lot more of the U.S. House uh, than they do of the U.S. Senate. The uh, majority in the House is even larger than it is in the Senate. So even if such a vote were allowed in the U.S. House, it seems unlikely that that would get passed there by the NRA-controlled Republican Congress members. But who knows? Something might be different this time. Something seemed different this time at least right after the massacre in Orlando, when House Democrats protested in the U.S. House after Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan had called for a moment of silence following the deaths of 49 people at that LGBT nightclub in Orlando. More than uh, 100 people were shot there with a legally purchased, high-powered, military-style, semi-automatic assault rifle. They were shot by a single domestic terrorist who had been interviewed on several occasions by the FBI regarding outspoken support for Muslim uh, extremists. So after that moment of silence that was called for by Paul Ryan... Uh, all but, I think, 16 seconds long. The Democrats at the time in the U.S. House protested that a moment of silence was not enough. They demanded action on gun violence, actual action, actual legislation, not just yet another moment of silence, as as we've seen after so many of these things. But up until uh, today in the U.S. House, uh, the Republicans were having none of it. But now... They are staging, uh, well, I guess it's an all-out sit-in. We had scores at this point. Scores of Democrats are now participating in this sit-in. It began late Wednesday morning, about 11.30 uh, Eastern Time. Lawmakers uh, sat down cross-legged on the floor uh, after uh, civil rights icon John Lewis. He was uh, beaten uh, to a pulp almost within an inch of his life. Uh, back on Bloody Sunday, back in the uh, during the uh, Bloody Sunday marches in uh, in Selma, Alabama, he marched with Martin Luther King. He is an icon. He is a legend. Uh, he has led many sit-ins over the decades. Uh, but this would be the first in the U.S. House, and uh, at least to my knowledge, uh, and frankly, uh, since the Republicans have subsequently tried at least to shut off the C-SPAN cameras. For some reason, they don't want people to see what's going on there. Uh, Since they've cut it off, I'm going to go ahead and play John Lewis's uh, speech here in full. About five minutes uh, that took place just before this uh, remarkable protest in the U.S. House today. Here's Congressman John Lewis. On
4: occasion, Mr. Speaker, I have had what I call an executive session with myself. For months, even for years through several sessions of Congress, I wondered what would bring this body to take action? What would finally make Congress do what is right? What is just? What the people of this country have been demanding and what is long overdue? We have lost hundreds and thousands of innocent people to gun violence, tiny, the children. Babies, students, and teachers, mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, daughters and sons, friends and neighbors. And what has this body done? Mm. Mr. Speaker, nothing. Mm. Not one thing. We have turned a deaf ears. We have turned deaf ears to the blood of the innocent and the concern of our nation. We are blind to a crisis. Mr. Speaker, where is the heart of this body? Where is our soul? Where is our moral leadership? Where is our courage? Those who work on bipartisan solution or push aside. Those who pursue common sense improvement are beaten down. Reason is criticized. Obstruction is praised. Newtown, Grover, Charleston, Orlando. What is the tipping point? Are we blind? Can we see? How many more mothers, how many more fathers need to shed tears of grief before we do something? We were elected to lead, Mr. Speaker. We must be headlights and not taillights. We cannot continue to stick our heads in the sand and ignore the reality of mass gun violence in our nation. Deadly mass shootings are becoming more and more frequent. Mr. Speaker, this is a fight. It is not an opinion. We must remove the blinders. The time for silence and patience is long gone. We're calling on the leadership of the House to bring common sense gun control legislation to the House floor. Give us a vote. Let us vote. We came here to do our job. We came here to work. The American people demand action. Do we have the courage? Do we have raw courage to make at least a down payment on ending gun violence in America? We can no longer wait. We can no longer be patient. So today we come to the well of the house to dramatize the need for action. Not next month, not next year, but now, today. Sometimes you have to do something out of the ordinary. Sometimes you have to make a way out of nowhere. We have been too quiet for too long. There comes a time when you have to say something, when you have to make a little noise. When you have to move your feet, this is the time. Now is the time to get in the way. Mm-hmm. The time to act is now. We will be silent. No more. The time for silence is over. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
1: That was Congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis from uh, from Georgia saying the Democrats will be silent no more. Sometimes you have to do something out of the ordinary. Now is the time to get in the way. Democrats are in fact getting in the way of Republican plans. Apparently today was the day that. Uh, uh House Speaker Paul Ryan was set to introduce finally, after all of these years, uh, an alternative to the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. That has now been put on hold as the House remains in recess uh, since that speech. Well, since shortly after that speech by John Lewis, um, Right afterwards, uh, the, uh, the mic was yielded back uh, to, the, uh, to the speaker and then to Congressman John Larson of Connecticut and then uh, John Lewis once again for a minute and then Steny Hoyer, the minority leader in the U.S. House before everything came to an end, before it was all gaveled to a close. Here's what it sounded like as this sit-in Uh, got started after John Lewis spoke and uh, just before the House was entirely shut down by Republicans before this moment of occupation.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and thank my colleagues and for all of America that's listening. You just heard the soul of the United States Congress speak. The soul of this nation cries out for a vote. We are gathered here on this floor today to accomplish a single goal. We implore, we ask our colleagues, our colleague from Georgia, stood on that side to appeal to the better angels on that side of the aisle to provide us with the simple dignity that every American is calling for, a vote. And with that, I yield
4: back to my colleague from Georgia. My friend, my brother, for yelling, now is the time for us to find a way to dramatize it, to make it real. We have to occupy the floor of the House in today's action.
0: Rise up, Democrats. Rise up, Americans. This cannot stand. We will occupy this floor. We will no longer be denied a right to vote. I yield to our majority whip and leader.
2: We sit down. Gentlemen's time has expired. Pursuant to clause so we can 12 per n a of uh, rule one, chair declares the house recessed the hour of 12 noon.
1: And that was it. And the House was then gaveled into recess. Uh, Cameras in the House were turned off. So the protest was not recorded, at least for a few minutes. Uh, It came back on a few minutes later, just before noon. Congressman Ted Poe of Texas, Republican, uh, gaveled the House back into session. He led members through a morning prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance during which Democratic members on the floor who had been sitting down cross-legged, they stood up for the pledge and the prayer, but they said they would not leave the well of the House after those ceremonies. The uh, Republican uh, uh, Congressman Poe said the House is not in a state of order due to the presence of members in the well. And then he gaveled the House back into recess and the C-SPAN cameras were again turned off. Poe had uh, his call for order was barely audible, according to The Hill uh, in the chamber over the Democrats' chance of no bill, no break. Uh, C-SPAN's anchor at the time... Said We'd love to show you what's happening uh, in the House right now, but those cameras are controlled by the House. And indeed, those cameras uh, that you see on C-SPAN, those are not controlled by C-SPAN themselves. They're controlled by the House Administrative Committee, uh, which is now controlled by Republicans. And uh, they were ordered to turn off those cameras Uh, since then. And throughout the day, we have been able then uh, it took a while, but we have been able to follow what's been going on in the well of the uh, of the U.S. House, thanks to Facebook video uh, uh, video uh, being taken on cell phones uh, on the Periscope app. We've been able to follow what's going on as as C-SPAN has been streaming that coverage. They have said they've made quite clear that they would love to carry what's going on, uh, but they're not able to do it because they don't have control over the regular cameras. So we're watching streaming video all day on uh, on C-SPAN at at this uh, rather extraordinary moment. Uh, in truth. And who was it? Scott Larson uh, who initially... Yes, it's
3: Representative Scott Larson of California. Scott Peterson. Sorry, Scott Scott Peterson Peterson of California who's running this on his Periscope app.
1: With his cell phone, With his cell phone, which
3: is an amazing thing that the revolution of social media, you know, we always talk about how it has made these conversations possible. It has helped folks from other areas of the country come together and say, hey, look what's happening over here. Yeah, it's happening over here too. Now it has reached the floor of the House.
1: And uh, it wouldn't be seen at all frankly if it weren't for that Uh, House Democrats are now asking uh, uh, viewers uh, to call their Congress member giving the phone number 202-224-3121 that's 202-224-3121 to tell your Congress, your member of Congress that you would like a vote at least a vote it may not pass but you would at least like a vote on these measures
3: and this is also, I think, real quick, the fact that they mention that they are occupying the House floor. That is a testament to the Occupy movement, that that is now the word that they use for what they're doing, which is literally occupying the House floor.
1: House Democrat, uh, a House Democrat, uh, apparently texted to uh, Bloom- Bloomberg's reporter Sahil Kapoor just after uh, the, the occupation started, uh, saying at the time that there were more than uh, 50 Democrats there saying that, uh, quote, we just decided there was no other way to get action. We can't filibuster in the House. The Democratic lawmaker apparently went on to tell uh, Kapoor that uh, Democrats are all in. Leadership is totally supportive. That's a quote. Totally supportive of the sit in. And uh, Kapoor uh, concludes that this may not end in a hurry. And indeed, the Senate Democrats themselves put out a tweet saying whether we're standing to filibuster or sitting in protest, Senate and House Democrats are taking action to end gun violence. Hashtag silence no more. Congressman Ted Deutsch from Florida. Uh, has been tweeting all of this He has been uh, part of the sit-in there That congressman uh, said I'm on the House floor right now For the victims of the Orlando shooting Because those 49 and too many others Can't be Hashtag no more silence Hashtag enough And it included a photo of the faces Of the 49 murdered club goers From Orlando, Florida Ted Deutsch uh, will join us momentarily We're going to take a quick break And come back with uh, with Congressman Deutsch either right on the floor uh, of the House of Congress or or just off of it to uh, find out what's going on, what the Democrats are thinking, how long they've been planning this. Most importantly, I guess, how long they they are prepared to stay and hold up the House business until they get a vote. What are their plans? What's their game? We'll find out right after this. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your broadcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We're uh, keeping our eyes on this ongoing sit-in in the U.S. House of Representatives kicked off earlier on uh, on Wednesday by Congressman John Lewis of Georgia, and now uh, scores, dozens of uh, Democrats have been uh, coming up and speaking, which we only know about Uh, Thanks to uh, Periscope video currently being shot by uh, Congressman Scott Peters with his cell phone, a Democrat from California. uh, Earlier, it was Facebook video that was being streamed by C-SPAN because the uh, Republicans have ordered the cameras turned off. They gaveled the U.S. House to a recess and uh, ordered the cameras and the microphones turned off. And uh, so we're just watching streaming video trying to uh, keep up with what is actually going on there as this sit-in by Democrats demanding a vote, only a vote, uh, on uh, on gun legislation following what happened in Orlando, Florida uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, in the U.S. House. They don't have the filibuster the way the U.S. Senate does, so they're inventing their own way right now, which is, I think, the first time there has been what is being described as a sit-in, a literal sit-in, in uh, in the well of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives. One of those congressmen sitting in uh, from the state of Florida, in this case, uh, who has been sitting there all day, has been tweeting this all day as it has grown larger, is Congressman Ted Deutsch from florida's 21st district which i think will soon be the 22nd district as they're uh, restructuring the way the districts work there in florida congressman deutsch has been a uh, representative for the great state of florida since 2010 and he joins us now from the house congressman welcome back to the broadcast.
5: Oh, it's great to be with you again. Thank you.
1: Uh, good to have you here. Glad we could give you uh, a, an excuse to stretch your legs, to walk off the floor. As I understand, you've been in the sit-in. You've just walked off the floor to uh, to talk to us uh, today. Is that correct?
5: Uh, that's right. It's been over three hours now. The numbers have, I think, only grown. We're, uh, at one count, about 75, 75 House members and uh, and a constant stream of senators. Filing in to show their support as well.
1: Uh, yeah, you've been uh, tweeting about that on the on the uh, on the twitters, and you've uh, thanked. Let's see here, uh, Senator Jeff Merkley, Ron Wyden, uh, Senator Bennett, uh, Senator Warren, Senator Casey, Bill Nelson, Al Franken. All of them have been. Have they? Are they actually coming in and sitting in, or are they just coming in, giving their support and uh, heading back to the U.S. Senate right now?
5: Uh, no, most of them actually have, have come in and have, have stayed for a while. I think they they understand what's happening here. Brad, we don't have a, a filibuster option
0: mm-hmm. in the
5: House. Uh, we have all kinds of rules that, that govern what happens here. And when the leadership of the House will not allow us to have a vote uh, and will will twist the rules in whatever way they deem necessary to prevent us from voting on the most basic gun safety legislation, Mm -hmm. Uh, then we're forced to find other ways to to try to to bring that vote forward. And that's what we're doing today. And uh, I think it's been successful in in helping to raise the issue. What's astonishing to me is that the Speaker apparently is so distraught at the idea of uh, members of the House speaking out and speaking out on behalf of people who sent them there that he has told C-SPAN to turn off their cameras which is why, if you turn on C-SPAN, you can't even see what's happening now. Uh, so it's been it's uh, it's been great on the House floor. Uh, but the fact is, the American people deserve to see this as well.
1: Well, they do. And I know there are certain rules that C-SPAN, uh, and a lot of people don't understand, that C-SPAN does not control their own cameras in the U.S. House. That's controlled, I guess, by the House Administration Committee, uh, which is currently run by Republicans. They have to have their cameras on when uh, the House is in session. But is there right. a rule that they must turn it off when the uh, House ha- is is out of session, is in recess? Or is that a decision no, by the Republicans? No.
5: It it isn't. And in fact, if you uh, if you happen to to turn on C-SPAN, you will see that they are going out of their way, both on their on their network and on Twitter and social media to point out that they they the reason they are not showing this is because they were told to to turn off the cameras. So it is uh, it's disgusting that we've not had a single vote uh, on gun safety legislation. It is embarrassing, however, for House leadership. Uh, that they have, uh, that they're so embarrassed by their own record that they've told C-SPAN to cease broadcasting because they don't want any more attention brought to the the shameful inaction.
1: And I I note that it has fallen to uh, to to Congress members to become the broadcasters here. Congressman Scott Peters, I believe, is actually uh, shooting all of this with his cell phone on the House floor. C-SPAN may now be carrying some of that. uh, But has the, uh, the 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 have the Republicans ordered you guys to turn off your cell phones and and not broadcast what's going on and not take photos?
5: Sure, sure, and there are rules that uh, that you're not supposed to use your cell phone on the floor of the house. Uh, but there are, uh, but but those rules, uh, I think, also uh, require House members to uh, uh, to take action when the leadership acts in a way that is not in the best interest of the American people. And and turning off C-SPAN, uh, I think, uh, and giving the American people an opportunity to actually see what's happening. Uh, is a a perfectly legitimate thing to do, Representative Peters. Others I know have been have been broadcasting, but it, it's all it all gets back to the fundamental issue, which is this: there is no rational uh, explanation for refusing to take action to keep guns out of the hands of suspected terrorists and violent criminals. None. There's nobody. There's no one who can look you in the eye and say, you know what. I understand what you're saying, but we think that it's more important for suspected terrorists to be able to get guns, or for criminals to be able to get guns without a background check, um, and therefore we're not going to we're not going to let this go forward. That's why there's no, been no vote. There's been no vote because they don't want to have to go on record and vote against the interests of their constituents and vote in support of the gun lobby.
1: What would be the specific? Yeah. yeah. No. I was. What would be the specific bills that you guys would be uh, would be calling for, would be voting on, if they would allow you to hold a vote at this point?
5: Sure. Well, there are rather are two. Uh, look, I've I've been focused on gun safety issues since since I arrived here and, and went to work on the Judiciary Committee. There are all sorts of things that we could be debating, but right now, the the two pieces of legislation that have overwhelming support that make the most sense at this moment are, number one, a bipartisan bill that Congressman Thompson and Congressman King, Peter King, have introduced together, a bipartisan bill that says that if you are are a suspected terrorist, if you're on the terror watch list, no-fly list, that you cannot purchase a firearm. That's the first bill. It's very straightforward. And after the terrorist attack uh, and the attack on the LGBT community in Orlando, in my state of Florida, that is the least that we could do to, to honor the memory of those who were slain that's the first and the second is is simply the the a bill that would say that uh, if you get a background check when you buy a gun at a gun store mm-hmm. then just because you buy a gun at a gun show or online you shouldn't be able to avoid that background check we should have universal background checks again this is not it's not controversial uh, and it is so hard for people to understand how it is that Congress cannot even uh, cannot even engage in a debate on the House floor that we're forced to have a sit-in just to talk about the most common-sense gun safety
1: measures. It's a uh, congressman. I know that uh, the, the NRA-controlled GOP, and I'm putting it nicely, frankly, uh, has failed for years to take any of this action that you're talking about for gun legislation. Uh, but it seems they have not been held accountable for that, even though some 90 percent of Americans, as you suggest, agree with these pretty right. low-hanging fruit uh, uh, you know, pieces of legislation you're talking right. about. So, I mean, despite the obscene number of repeated mass shootings over the years and in your own uh, state of Florida just a week or two ago, these same GOPers uh, who are blocking action, they continue to get reelected. What does that tell us? Why does that happen, Congressman?
5: Well, I'll tell you, Brad, I'll tell you what I said on the House floor earlier. Uh, I I recounted uh, an experience I had just as I was getting ready to fly back to Washington from Florida I was walking through the airport and overheard uh, on on uh, one of the TVs
0: mm-hmm.
5: uh, a commentator on a cable news station who said, you know, the reason that they're not able to pass these, even these fundamentally simple, common-sense gun safety measures, the reason that they're not able to do it is because they don't have the same intensity on their side that the, the gun lobby has and that the, they do on the other side, and I think what's happening today is for the first time uh, on the House floor what's happening is mirroring what you're seeing around the country, which is that there is this growing intensity that we cannot allow this status quo of moment of silence followed by more deafening silence and and, uh, the the failure to take action. That We're not going
1: to allow that
5: to continue. So I I actually do think that this is a, a moment where people are going to start to be held accountable, and they have to be.
1: Was this uh, sit-in today by Democrats? Was this something that was planned before today? Uh, John Lewis, civil rights icon, uh, uh, sort of came up, gave a speech, and then uh, everybody followed in sitting down. Uh, did he just do this on his own? Is this something that was planned? And how long? What are the plans for this? How how long will this sit-in go on? As you see it, uh, Congressman Deutsch. Well, the
5: the idea came up last night, and uh, and and the thinking was that that uh, Congressman Lewis, uh, who is I think safe to say a hero to so many of us, mm-hmm. uh, was going to, to speak uh, this morning during the, the, uh, the, the early morning session uh, and that we simply weren't going to leave the floor when he was finished. And In fact, at noon when the speaker came in to, to gavel us back into session, uh, they were forced to, to abandon the session, and we've been having to sit in since. How long is it going to go on? Uh, look, I think the Republican leadership is just going to have to decide whether they're, they're, only, whether they're prepared to, to, um, uh, to make an end. And the only way that they can make an end is if they have the sergeant of arms uh, enforce the rules. In other words, if, if they want to come back in and bring the House back into session and ask for order, and the only way to have orders for the sergeant of arms to haul people off, I guess that's one option. I can't imagine that that's an option that they would pursue. I can't for, the, I can't for a minute think that that uh, that this House leadership is prepared to tell the Sergeant of Arms uh, to take John Lewis and, and the rest of us and drag us off the House floor. And if that doesn't happen, then the only way that this stops is for us to have a vote. And I think we're all prepared to stay at this as long as we need to until we have that
1: vote. I'm speaking with Congressman Ted Deutsch, Congressman from Florida's 21st District. Are you saying, Congressman, that uh, Democrats are prepared to sit in for hours overnight, if necessary, uh, until absolutely. they are... Absolutely. Really? Yeah,
5: abso- absolutely, yes. Yeah, this is not some show that's being put on uh, just to, to highlight the failures of the leadership of the House. Uh this is a very serious effort to just to act on behalf of the people who sent us here who who rightly expect us to be able to do everything necessary to, to at least have a chance to vote on those two measures of, of basic common sense gun safety legislation.
1: And just to confirm this you're prepared to uh, to sit in overnight uh for as many uh, as long as it takes until either uh, the republicans allow a vote or the sergeant of arms is ordered to essentially arrest and begin hauling away uh, a congressmen off the floor of the u.s house uh
5: i i certainly am prepared to do that i, I know i can't speak for everyone but uh uh, I am. I am confident that I am not alone in that,
1: Congressman. Even if uh, the GOP does allow a vote here on these gun safety uh, measures you're talking about, it seems there's little hope of passage uh, for any of them. Even if a vote is allowed, so if that's the case, what uh, what does a, such a vote ultimately accomplish? As you see it,
5: well, Brad, when we vote in the <clears throat> in the House of Representatives, it's, it's different than in the Senate. In the Senate, they have roll call votes, and in the House, as I'm sure you know. Uh, when there is a vote, the names of every one of the 435 members of the House uh, appear on the wall above the Speaker. And every member goes to a voting box, puts in his or her voting card, and then goes on record showing to the world whether he is for uh, or she is for or against the measure being voted on. And if we succeed, and if there is a vote to uh, ensure that suspected terrorists cannot get their hands on dangerous weapons then the world will know the american people will know the voters will know who which members of congress stand with them and who stands with the gun lobby and that's when accountability will start
1: Congressman, I've got just another minute or two, and I know you have to get back to sitting down on the House floor, uh, sure. but, but while I have you here, your your colleague, uh, of Florida's Republican U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, uh, after months of running for president, decrying the U.S. Senate, vowing not to run for re-election, he okay. has today announced that he will seek re-election to the US Senate after all I wanted to get any comment that you might have on that and if you have endorsed anyone in the uh, in the Democratic primary uh, between uh, congressman Pat Murphy and uh, congressman Alan Grayson who are both seeking that Democratic nomination yeah. for US Senate
5: um, sure well I think I think it's I think it's, um, I think it's appropriate you know Marco announced that he's running for re-election after telling us over and over. I remember the day that he announced he was running for president, he could not have been any clearer when he said, I don't want an escape hatch. I don't, I'm not looking for another uh, a fallback position. I'm running for president and that's it. And then he said over and over and over throughout this campaign that he doesn't like being in the Senate, that nothing gets done in the Senate, that he would never go back to the Senate. Uh, and now, uh, on the day when when we're the Democrats in the House are acting to try to bring forward something that would actually address the crisis that he says has caused him to rethink this, the massacre in Orlando. Uh, here we are. He announces that he's running for re-election, and it all becomes about about him. Well, there will be plenty of time as we look ahead, and we have an opportunity just, again, to, to, to look, look at that event and look at his record and, with the LGBT community, one of the the worst if not the worst in the Senate we have an opportunity to look at his record on guns and gun safety one of one of the worst if not the worst in the Senate and we have an opportunity uh, to look in his announcement today he tried to have it both ways he doesn't like he doesn't like uh, Secretary Clinton he doesn't necessarily like Donald Trump he's going to be on a ticket with Donald Trump he's going to be campaigning with Donald Trump uh, and I feel pretty confident in, in the, the people that I represent in Florida uh, that is the Republican Party, led by Donald Trump, uh, is, is not going in a direction that my constituents and that the folks in Florida want us to go. And I think, a, I think what effectively becomes a Trump-Rubio ticket, not in the sense that he's running as the vice president, but that they are running together hand-in-hand hand all across the state of Florida, uh, I think he can try as he might to run away from the racist, bigoted comments that, that Donald Trump has made. But they will weigh him down, and uh, I've supported Patrick Murphy from the start. I think he's going to be a great senator.
1: Very good. And you have uh, Florida's primaries in late August, as I recall. Are you facing a primary Correct. challenge uh, this year? And by the way, do you have any fear uh, that your participation in this sit-in will uh, will well will help or hurt in that uh, regard come November?
5: Uh, well, first of all, it's it's uh, qualifying week. I will know Friday at noon
1: okay. um,
5: whether I have a primary and and what that looks like. Um, but I, as far as um, what we're doing today, uh, listen, Brad, I, I, the, I, I've been pretty clear with the, the people that I'm so privileged to represent. When I got into this, I told them that um, that the one thing that they could always count on is that I was going to do as much and be as outspoken uh, on behalf of the causes that they and I uh, care so deeply about, and taking action to stem the tide of gun violence is one of those issues
4: uh, and I, uh,
5: this is not a, a campaign issue. But since you asked, mm-hmm. uh, when I go back home, I look forward to telling people uh, exactly what's ha- what happened on the House floor. Uh, hopefully, leading up to a vote uh, and an opportunity, as we said before to see who's with them and to see who's with the gun lobby.
1: Congressman Ted Deutsch, Democrat from Florida's 21st congressional district, soon to be its 22nd. Uh, great talking with you, Congressman. And if you, uh, if you haven't been either arrested uh, or uh, the Republicans held a vote by tomorrow, if you need another chance to stretch your legs, uh, maybe we'll talk to you tomorrow if this continues. Uh, uh, anytime, Brad. I'll look forward to it. Greatly appreciated. Congressman Ted Deutsch. thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, boy, this is just amazing. Uh, Des, we have spent years yelling and screaming that Democrats don't do anything, that they don't have the guts. They don't uh, stand have any up, phone. take a stand. Yes. Uh, and now
3: they are sitting.
1: Yeah, and now they're sitting. They're standing for sitting. Uh, it's kind of amazing. And the idea that they are willing to stay there, really, I'm color me dubious, that they are willing to stay there Until the Sergeant of Arms essentially arrests them and removes them from the house.
3: It'll be a very interesting really? showdown. I I, I I find that uh, it would be simple for Speaker Ryan to simply say, OK, fine, we'll have a vote. I doubt that he'll do that either. So it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out.
4: Well, he
1: could say, sure, fine, we'll have a vote. And then they have the vote and the Republicans voted down and that's that. And then they move on. And in an election year, it gets completely lost, as it has year after year after year, as I mentioned to the congressman there. Um, but but we'll see this is kind of unprecedented we'll keep our eyes on it who knows what will happen all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, at least some of the business we had planned we had hoped to cover today Um, wow what a day Uh, this is the bradcast i'm brad friedman don't go away hey this is brad the 2016 election season is now at full throttle here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to help keep us going. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy. Stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. We talk about going on a break.
2: Have the families and the loved ones of the innocent victims of Columbine had a break from their grief? No. No. How about the families and loved ones of the innocent victims of Aurora? Have they had a break from their pain? No. No. The families and the loved ones of the innocent victims of Newtown, Connecticut, have their families have a break from their sorrow? No. No. The families and the loved ones of the innocent victims of the shooting in Charleston, (coughs) South Carolina, have those families and loved ones had a break from their suffering? No. No. The families and loved ones of the victims, the innocent victims in Orlando, Florida, Have these families and loved ones had a break from their horror that we just saw? No! No. Are you tired of the repetitive nature of my question? Yes! Yes. Are you tired of the repetition of these horrors in our country? Yes! I say, no bill, no No break! break. No No bill, no no break!
0: Voice in the House of Representatives.
1: That was uh, Congressman Matt Cartwright uh, just a few minutes ago as captured on uh, live Periscope video. Yep,
3: that was the Periscope app uh, doing the duty that uh, the House Republicans won't let C-SPAN do.
1: Right, captured by uh, Congressman uh, Scott Peters of California. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. That, of course, is Desi Doyen. Uh, our producer here, uh, an amazing day. Uh, there was uh, there was so much news before this sit-in began happening in Congress. I guess we're gonna have to push off a lot of that till tomorrow. Uh, but this one uh, thing because I, I I'm looking forward to getting rid of this anyway Marco Rubio uh, Mar- who who spent uh, the entirety of all of those months running for president as we uh, talked about a little bit with the uh, with Congressman Deutsch there before the break. Uh, he spent all of these months running for president saying he hates, literally telling friends that he hates the job of being a U.S. senator. And at the time, back in October of 2015, amidst all of the Republican debates that were going on, um, the Sun-Sentinel, Florida Sun-Sentinel editorial board, called on Marco Rubio to resign. If he hates his job so much, if he's unwilling to show up to vote, Apparently, at that time, uh, he had missed 59 votes to date uh, in the year last year by uh, by account by Politico, whereas uh, Senators Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders, who were also running for president, had only missed 10 Senate votes uh, while they were running uh, for the uh, presidency as well, uh, with him hating the job, not showing up. Sun Sentinel called on him to resign. They said it's unconscionable that when a man, that when it comes to intelligence matters, he sits on one of the intelligence uh, committees, when intelligence matters, including briefings on the Iran nuclear deal, you said we have a staffer that's assigned to intelligence who gets constant briefings. Sun Sentinel wrote at the time in October of 2015, Two weeks ago, you took to the Senate floor to excoriate federal workers at the Department of Veterans Affairs for failing to do their jobs. You said, quote, there is really no other job in the country where if you don't do your job, you don't get fired, unquote. They then added, with the exception of your job, right, Senator? Your job is to represent Floridians in the Senate. Either do your job, Senator Rubio, or resign it. This was pretty amazing. This was from a newspaper that had endorsed Marco Rubio for the U.S. Senate just a few years earlier in 2010, saying that uh, he's ripping off the taxpayers of Florida, which was fine because Rubio had no interest in keeping the job. He was running for president. And he said over and over again he was going to become a private citizen if he did not win the presidency. Well, just after he was uh, called on to resign by the Sun-Sentinel, there was a GOP debate where he was asked uh, about this call for his resignation at the time.
0: When the Sun-Sentinel says Rubio should resign, not rip us off, when they say Floridian sent you to Washington
1: to do a job, when they say you act like you hate your job, do you? Yeah, let me say, uh, I, I, I read that editorial today with a great amusement. It's actually evidence of the bias that exists in the American media but, today. But do you hate your job? Let me, let me answer your question. In 2004, John Kerry ran for president missing close to 60 to 70% of his votes. I don't recall the Sun. In fact, the Sun Sentinel endorsed him. In 2008, Barack Obama missed 60 or 70% of his votes and the same newspaper endorsed him again. So this is another example of the double standard that exists in this country between the mainstream media and the conservative media. <laughs> Now, in fact, uh, he was citing uh, John Kerry and Barack Obama missing votes in the U.S. Senate when they were running for president. Well, in both cases, they had achieved the nomination at that point. They weren't just running in the primary and uh, the Sun Sentinel responded uh, the next day. Uh, Once again, the Sun Sentinel editorial board uh, to point out that uh, that Rubio, that they in fact endorsed Rubio, that this was not the the bias of the media, the liberal media out there, that in fact they did endorse Marco Rubio for the Senate in 2010 and Mitt Romney for president in 2012. They said because we were frustrated by the pace of hope and change in Washington, and they both promised to work hard to make a difference. But that Rubio, ever since he got to office back in 20 after being elected in 2010, had immediately published a book to introduce himself to the nation uh, and that he you know, was clearly planning to run for president, not representing the good voters of Florida. They went on in that second editorial, the Sun-Sentinel did, to say if Rubio wants to be president, he should go for it, give it all he's got, full steam ahead. But the demands of the presidential campaign have proven too great for him to do his day job, given that Rubio, given that Rubio should resign his Senate seat. Well, uh, he was ready to resign, but all of a sudden now Marco Rubio has decided Now that he's not going to win the presidency, he's decided, oh, I'd kind of like that job after all. Washington Post reports this as reversing a pledge he made a year ago to either assume the presidency or return to private life in Florida. So Marco Rubio is back. I'm sure he will uh, blame the liberal media for uh, pointing out what he actually said, what his words were time and time again. Uh, Steve Bannon over at MSNBC says it's uh, not even clear that he's going to make it through the Republican primary at this rate. Right now, apparently land developer Carlos Baruff, or Baruff uh, has spent $4 million of his own money on the Senate race. He said this week he intends to stick in the race through the August 30 primary in Florida and to spend millions more if necessary to win it. He said he intends to push Rubio on whether he'll actually commit to serving a full term in the Senate if he is uh, if, in fact, he is reelected. But there's a real question. Will Rubio commit to that full term since it's obvious that he wants to run for president again in 2020 if Donald Trump somehow does not manage to win in 2016? Um So, you know, the question is going to come up is uh, four years from now, instead of filling his uh, six year term, is he going to is he going to duck out once again for the people of Florida?
3: It will be interesting also to see if the people of Florida care as much about Rubio now, now that they've seen so much of him be sort of deconstructed over the campaign, the primary campaign. Well, they didn't
1: care for him during the primary. He lost his home state by 20 points in the state of Florida in the GOP primary. Uh, Apparently he lost 67 points. Uh, Well, Florida has 67 counties. Rubio lost in 66 of them. So he wasn't even able to win more than a single county uh, in the state of Florida. They're not crazy about him. We'll see if that changes as we move forward and as it looks like, the you know, the, the Republicans could lose the uh, the Senate seat in the state of Florida and then give control of the Senate back to the Democrats. We'll find out. In the meantime, another story that we had been working on for today, we're going to have to push it off, is what's going on out here in California where, yes, they continue to count ballots following the, uh, the June 7th primary. Hundreds of thousands of them. And the... Uh, the race has narrowed. The margin has narrowed. It had been about 13 points statewide. It is now down into single digits for whatever that is worth. Hillary Clinton is leading Bernie Sanders by uh, by about, let's see, nine points. Nine points. Single digits at this point. The last uh, announcement from the L.A. County Registrar of Voters, where the most ballots are uncounted, uh, they say they have 178,000 unprocessed provisional ballots and just over a 1,000 vote-by-mail ballots. Those will probably be uh, those, at least. The vote-by-mails will be done by the time we finish today. The margin has not narrowed all that much, however, in L.A. County. It's about 11 or 12 points at this point. But I will say uh, one upside in this part of the story I've been working on, I've been speaking uh, with a bunch of people who are observing or trying to observe the uh, the inclusion, the I don't want to call it counting, uh, but the decision whether or not to include many of those provisional ballots. There's a lot of people observing. Uh, That process, finding concerns, finding problems with which provisionals are being included and which are not being included. I've been talking to the registrar, recorder, county clerk, and others trying to figure out what's going on. I suspect we will have that in an upcoming thrilling episode of the broadcast. Until then, amazing day. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and uh, to Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida joining us here uh, in the, um, amidst the sit-in in Congress. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast, Brad- you can download it, as ever, for free at bradblog.com or over at iTunes, where we hope you'll subscribe. Give us a good review while you're there. Make it easier for everyone else to find us as well. You can drop me an email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That is it. And it really was a thrilling adventure. Until the next one, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Anyway.